There are shows in this world that we will never fully understand, understand, except Ghost Adventures. We have watched every episode to build our obsession, our fandom, watching alongside each other because no one we know really gives a damn, gives a damn. Watching Zack and crew catch groundbreaking proof of the paranormal, inspiring us to explore our own interest in otherworldly phenomena. This is our podcast. We are Paranormal Quintas. Hey, 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 everybody. Ha, 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 ha. It's me, Leah. What's up? <laughs> it's me, Bethany. <laughs> Looking at my crazy-ass big sister. <laughs> no one can control me. I am who I am. <laughs> and I'm excited right now to be here with you. Hell yeah. <laughs> we have another great episode, everybody. A personal paranormal experience episode featuring Dan of Hasta la Muerte. Out of San Antonio, Texas. Actually, I'm going to correct myself. It's Hasta la Muerte Chronicles out of San Antonio, Texas. Um, Dan is another individual we met at Paranormal Fest. You might pick up on a theme throughout this season. We met a lot of really cool people at Paranormal Fest 2022. Um, so we're really excited to have him on and share his stories. And guys, they're good. I feel it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> feel it in my bones. Yeah. Again, make sure to check out Dan with Hasta La Muerte Chronicles, and we hope you enjoy his stories. Hey, Dan, how you doing? Hey, guys, how are y'all? Good. Doing well. Good, good. Thank you again so much for carving out some time to hang out with us and tell us uh, some spooky stories. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, no, definitely. Um, so uh, I've shared this uh, story before, but... Uh, what started me off is, uh, as a kid, um, well, it started off that I can remember, um, just little things moving and stuff like that when I was, uh, real small. Um, and I'm talking about like, like items in my parents' house. Um, and it really started, I was like about two years old that I can remember the most. Uh, I was over at San Pedro park, which a lot of people go over there, the San Antonio, uh, uh, San Pedro Park Springs uh, for paranormal activity that happens there. But during the time when I I grew up, uh, that was a swimming pool. Uh, you know, a little pay your fee, go in. They had a diving board and everything else. And and uh, I was like two years old and my uh, mom and dad left me over on the deep end because they wanted to swim a little bit, you know, and little Nestle kid, you know, eh, you know, leave them over there on the side, you know. And so I was, uh, I remember holding onto a little car toy and and uh, the the toy fell and I I went in for it and uh, next thing I remember I, I, I drowned um, at San Pedro uh, Park in this, the old swimming pool they, they've changed it so many times uh, it's now like a big old pond type deal And uh, but I still remember the area where I, where I had fallen into which was kind of close to the diving board and um, next thing I pretty much remember was just kind of going out but that somebody had grabbed me right before and um, I was told it was my dad um pulled me out and they started cpr and i just remember trying to yell but i had all this water in my my body lungs when i finally gave out a, a yelp and everything it was just like it burned um i came to thereafter um that's when things started happening at my parents house that i remember um telling my mom that i would see uh, some kids looking at me through the window um she tells me that 
that um, my grandfather saw it. Uh, my grandfather, we lived right behind my grandfather's house. And so he saw, he came over to see me before he went to work and that he saw uh, while I was asleep and he saw some shadow person, whatever, outside the screen looking at me. So he went outside and didn't see anybody. Um, I remember items um, like old, 1970 cologne, I'm already dating myself, 1970 cologne that had the, the, like, it was like a bird or something, and it, you know, you would move the head or whatever, that was the, the cap or whatever, I remember, yeah. and I remember that, um, the head turning, and, and on its own, and I'm like, with my parents, we're watching TV, and I could see this thing on the, on the, on the dresser, and I'm telling my mom, like, hey, uh, that's, that's moving, and when I pointed it out, the thing literally darted out into the middle of the room. Like it just, somebody like threw it in the middle. And um, so little things like that I saw, but um, finally my my first, that I remember my first actual uh, ghost um, was, um, I was 10 years old. I just lost my grandfather on my dad's side. And I remember, you know, uh, visiting, because my dad lived, uh, my mom and dad divorced years later, and uh, what do you call? I remember uh, my dad moved in with my grandparents, and my grandfather had his own room, and you know, uh, my grandmother had her own room. But it it kind of like all connected. Uh, if you would go to the restroom, you'll go into my grandfather's room. There was a way to go in there, and then from his room into my grandmother's room, and then it circled back into the living room. And um, my dad was asleep in the living room, and I had gotten up, and I walked over to to the restroom, and. And, you know, of course, I'm missing my grandfather. And so I walked into his room and old Mexicans, you know, they have the, the shrine and everything, you know, with all the Virgins and all that other stuff. And he would be there a lot. I remember when he was alive, he would be there a lot because my grandfather died of, of cancer. He was 90 years old. And, you know, he just never stopped drinking. He loved to drink. And that's where he, when he was alive, he would go over there and hide his little, his little pistol back there, you know, his little drink. And right behind the, the Virgins pretend he was praying, but he was really trying to you know, suck up a couple of little, you know, shots here, you know. And so when I walked over there, I see I could see a person outlined, but I could see right through them because I could see the candles and I could see like right through them. And and, and I, I like paused because I was going to go into his room and sit down on his bed. And I paused and I saw that and I clearly saw him turn around and it was his face. And then he walks into my grandmother's room. But what really I, I to remember this was he had no legs he just like walked but he did like a like a motion like you know be quiet type deal like he, with his hand and he walks in there and disappears of course i wasn't quiet i you know yelled ran into my dad over or to my dad's uh area where he was asleep i'm freaking out i'm yelling you know because i told him like you know my grandfather just passed away a week ago and you know he's he's here you know, and I was, that was my first experience was my grandfather and my dad, of course, telling me, you know, he's just checking up on things and, you know, don't, don't, don't worry about it. You know, he's, he's never harmed you and he's here to take care of you. I never saw him again thereafter, but I just remember that, uh, that was my first experience, um, that I was like, you know, like I said, I was about 10 years old when I, when I lost him. And, um, that was very interesting. Uh, thereafter, I mean, aside from things like that, um, um, at my dad's, my dad's place of, you know, my grandfather had passed away and, and, um, I don't know how to explain it. I just, I just know that this story or these stories lead into where I ended up going, um, um, to another house with my mom, um, the South side. But, um, 
how can I explain it? Most people would hear about these lechuzas or the bird women. Okay, so I never, I never saw a woman turn into a bird or a bird turn into a woman or uh, some of the claims that I heard were, um, you know, that they have the face of a, of a person and all this and that. What I do know is same house where I saw my grandfather. Um, I just remember my dad always telling me like, hey, you know, he, he told me about these lechuza things, right? And of course, I'm thinking, oh, dad's just trying to scare me, that type of deal. Um, and I remember him telling me like, no, you know, if you see, you know, these birds, they, they whistle and they, they try to scare you and they try to do harm to you and, and cuss at them and this and that, you know. And at that time, I was about like 11 or 12. And um, I just remember like, what, you know, telling me to cuss at these birds and whatever. And most of the nights we would walk um Every now and again, he's like, hey, you want to go to the store? Let's go get a magazine. You get a comic or whatever. And and all right, we'd go over to the local little um, convenience store, buy a comic or whatever. And I just remember seeing a pretty large black bird um, perched up on a telephone pole. Uh, best way I can describe them is like, like a turkey buzzard, but big. Like, you know, a little larger than what you would see a turkey buzzard. And it was perched up on the on the pole on the light pole and like he mentioned to me about the whistle he would tell me look look they're looking at us and i'm like what and i'm seeing this light and i'm seeing the bird and i'm like it's like a pretty big bird um and kept walking didn't do anything and they would do that that loud whistle you know and all of a sudden I'm like okay um a little scared but kept walking and um we got closer to the house it's on the next pole watching us. And as we walk by, it does that, you know? And of course my dad's cussing at it or whatever. I'm not afraid of you, this type of deal. And I'm I'm like, no, I am, I'm scared. I'm like, I'm running. <laughs> uh, what he called, so one of the things that I do remember on that um, was going, that restroom that I told you that led into my grandfather's room and all that. Um, so I'd go through the kitchen, go turn into the laundry area, the restrooms there, and then it's connected. It basically made like a big old circle. Um, so, you know, the restroom had a small screen window and go to the restroom and, and I would hear these, I mean, I never, I never saw it, but I could hear it was, it would be like a big old bang on the wall and then scratching on the screen. And you could hear like feathers, like, you know, ruffling, you know, and of course it scared me. Um, I'd run into, go tell my dad and he's like telling me that it's these birds. And I never understood it. On my mom's side, my grandmother, she was a local curbandera, so the witch little lady to deal. And I had told her finally, you know, I started telling her, you know, grandma, this is what's, what's going on. And she was telling me, and so she does a limpia, this and that. And, and uh, she would tell me, she says, you know, well, you know, your dad's uh, girlfriend doesn't want your dad to be back with your mom. And she's basically cursed your dad, but it's attached to you and your sister. And I'm like, what? And I'm, she's like, yeah, so don't. And she would tell me, she's like, don't ever get any food from her. Or don't get this because, you know, I don't want her to do any harm to you, you know, so protect you, this and that. Um, about 13 years old, my dad passes away and um, we ended up um, moving oh, oh, before my dad passed away. There was one one other incident that I remembered. Um, we're in the backyard. My dad's with his brothers. They're all drinking. And and my dad starts rolling around in the in the yard. Uh, screaming you know just like well almost like like a seizure type deal but he's just rolling around 
And he's telling his brothers, like, get him off of me, get him off me. And we're like, what do you mean? Because we didn't see anything. I mean, I'm, of course, I'm getting scared because I don't know what's going on. Um, but finally, he like he just stopped, like if he passed out and he scratched, like there's all these scratches like on his neck and his face and, you know, all this type of deal. I, that was the first time and only time I ever saw that. Um, but I link it to whatever curse or whatever they put on him or whatever, because it never did anything to us. It would just scare us, me and my sister. Um, but my dad was the one that would always like, you know, no, they're following us they're doing this or doing that. And like I said, after he, he passed away, um, I remember my grandmother on my mom's side. Um, I never went back to, to that house, you know, my grandparents, uh, or my grandmother on that side of my dad's side after he passed. Um, but of course I was with my, my mom's, uh, mom. And I remember her telling me, um, look, like if you ever see a big white bird, that's a good one and it's protecting you it's protecting you from the from the other one you know and i'm like okay i never at that time i had never seen one i never seen a white nothing this and that so we move over um my dad lived in the west side of san antonio we moved over to the south side of san antonio and i'm a new kid you know in the block you know uh, my neighbor is some white dude next to me and and uh, we're about almost the same age. He's about a year older than me. And um, I remember his tr uh, name, Troy. Uh, and I'm sharing this with him. I'm telling him about my story about this. You know, like, dude, I, I don't know, you know, the same thing I would have mentioned. I've never seen a person turn into a bird or a bird turn into a person, whatever. I've never seen the face, nothing like that. I just seen they're big, big birds. Um, and he's making fun of me. And we're outside, you know, we're drinking water and, we're outside about like one in the morning. Um, I think it was like already 13 going on 14 or probably 14 already. And um, we're sitting outside and he's telling me, oh man, that dude, that's all Mexican folklore, man. That's, that's bullshit, dude. And I'm like, okay, well, I can't explain this to you, man. I can just tell you that this is what happened. Moments later, there is this, I mean, we're sitting outside in my front yard. There's this huge tree, but the branches do not extend not even close to the sidewalk. And after he told me that's Mexican folklore, I hear these, him and I both heard these large, large wings flapping. We looked up towards the tree and the next thing we hear a branch fall on the, on the sidewalk. It was a huge branch. And we look down, of course, when we look right back up and it's a huge, huge white bird, uh, but it's just gliding across the street. Uh, from the tree that, you know, was next to us in our yard. It's just gliding. And we look at it and it didn't even touch a tree or there was no clouds or anything. And it just disappeared right above before it even got to the next house across the street. We both run inside, right? We leave the lawn chairs, water, we leave everything outside. And I just remember him telling me, dude, walk me to my house. I'm like, Fool, you live next door. Like, no, nah, you walk. You said it was Mexican folklore, you yeah. know. <laughs> and uh, I just remember him telling me, like, oh man. I mean, we were both scared. I ain't gonna lie, we were both scared. And um, I just remember him telling me, he goes, all right, all right, I'll, I'll run and I'll jump the the fence in the front yard and and I'll turn on the front porch light so that way you know I'm okay, right? And I'm like, you know, cabron. You know that that I, I remember that. So, this particular house thereafter, I think that's where 
a lot of stuff started happening. And I'm talking about more paranormal stuff. No more the Latusa stuff, whatever. That was the last time I ever saw it. And I remember telling my grandmother on my mom's side, like, I, I saw this white bird and she told me, I told you, I told you, it's protecting you from whatever bad stuff was going on before for it not to follow you over there, you know? And, and I'm like, wow, okay, you know, I, I remembered that. Um, well, we're in this house and I did not know the history of who owned it before or, or anything. Um, and all I remember is just a small little house on the south side. And um, one of the first things that started was, um, I mean, it's is so small house, such a small house. But uh, I remember like I would be in the in the living room and watching TV or whatever. And um, I would see a shadow walking literally, I mean, probably like probably a good 10 feet, maybe 15 feet. Um, from where I would be sitting, looking down the hallway, uh, I would see a shadow walking like from my bedroom to my mom's room, but my mom wasn't there and there's nobody. And of course I'm like, what, you know, getting up, turning on the lights and everything's closed, you know? And I was like, okay, there's nothing here. Maybe it's just me, you know? So of course I'm, now I'm leaving every light on because I'm freaking out. Like, you know, there's something's walking in here. I don't know what's in here. Um, or maybe it's just me. And then um, little by little, uh, like you would walk into the kitchen and like either my mom, like my mom had a um, paper or maybe a, a pen or or whatever, the little the phone books. Um, and it would like literally almost look like it would just jump off the, the countertop and land in front of you. You know, like if somebody picked it up and just poof, dropped it in front of you, like, hey, I'm here. And it was like, whoa, you know, so I'm freaking out. Of course, I'm sharing this right away with my mom because I'm like, hey, you know, this is what's going on, you know, and I don't know if you see it. And she's telling me like, well, there's times that I think you're here. And I'm like, hey, what are you doing? You know, I need you to do this and that. And she was, but you're not here. And I'm like, what? And she's like, yeah, because you know, back in the day, I was always partying and here and there on the weekends and stuff. So I wasn't there. You know, she would wake me up on, on Sunday telling me, hey, you've been asleep all since Friday. I'm like, what are you talking about? I just got in. <laughs> um, what he called, but she would tell me like I, I literally thought you were here and I'm like no mom not, I, I wasn't um well that's what led me into more history of what happened there what's going on here you know and so I started researching and then I lo and behold I ended up finding out you know talking with the, the other neighbors and all that that they knew the resident there before and that he had passed away in my room uh he had a heart attack you know and um, the guy was a smoker. So of course I, we had removed the uh, carpet and it was it, underneath was wood floor and you would see those cigarette butt burns on the, on the wooden floor. So I'm like, wow, you know, this is like right here in this corner, this guy would, you know, smoke. And luckily he never burned the house down, but, but you could see where the burns were at. And um, little by little in time, um, my bed, I don't know if you know, like when you feel like, like you're about to fall off the bed and you're like, dude, did this just move, you know? And the crazy part to that was I would hear the headboard or the footboard creak. Like, it did move. And so after that, I started making sure that the mattress was aligned with the box, you know, uh, spring on the bottom and stuff, making sure it doesn't touch the headboard or the footboard. Like, that was like every night thereafter, I started just doing that. And it didn't take until about maybe a month or two later um that that happened 
And I was like, boom, I turn on the turn on the lights. I'm checking. Sure as hell. If it's one corner of the mattress is touching the, the footboard and the other one's touching the headboard. Like it shuffled over corner to corner. And that's when I, you know, I told my mom what I had done. And I told her, I said, hey, you know, something there's something here, you know, and it's it's I don't I don't think it's trying to harm us. It's just trying to say, hey, I'm here, you know, um, and I told her, I said, you know, I found out that Mr. McDougal passed away here, you know, after his wife and all that. And he had a heart attack in my room and neighbors knew him really well. He's a really nice man. But, you know, I just have a feeling that he's trying to say it's, it's probably him saying, hey, I'm here, man. You know, I'm still here in this house. So we brought over a priest and they blessed it and everything and still nothing. It's continued. Um, But this time, like lights would turn on. Um, They would um, the things like my mom, my mom had all kinds of like, like little figures or whatever, even the McDonald's figures. If you remember the little toys that used to come in the Happy Meal, she had all kinds of stuff in the in the house. And um, every now and again, um, they would be like just falling you know like just jump right in front of you like if somebody grabbed it like i said and just threw it right in front of you or or it would you would you know i would be like in the shower and i could hear like something hit the wall and i'd come out and sure as hell one of the figures plastic whatever but one of the figures that she had uh would be on the other end of the living room like it somebody grabbed it and threw it and there's nobody else in the house except me um and then thereafter i started finding out that it wasn't just my house it was people around me too and i'm like okay now i'm starting like okay why no i can explain my house i can't explain everybody else's and so i started talking to um to my neighbor across the street him and i became really good friends uh he had some uh other kids a uh, little younger than me but um him and i would always hang out and we play cards or whatever and i'm, t- I'm talking to him telling him you know man dude, this is what's going on across the street at my house. And he was one of those neighbors that, his name was Philip, uh, he was one of those neighbors that if he was making Kool-Aid, he'd come over to borrow sugar. You know, if he was making a hamburger, he'd come over to borrow the damn ketchup, you know, or, hey, can I borrow your phone? And I'm like, oh, you know, yeah, come on in, dude. You know, we ended up becoming really good friends. And um, so when I'm explaining this stuff to him, he starts telling me, he's like, well, we have doors that close and we have... Um, you know, sometimes we see shadow stuff, you know, and uh, the neighbor, he thought it was his daughter, Maricela, uh, crying in the back of the house. And but he all he saw was the, the shadow. And he said, you know, he went up to her and, and said, oh, Mija, you know, what's, what's wrong? What's wrong? And he said once the he saw the, the person crying or whatever, turned the corner that he continued and it was gone. And that he ended up telling him like, hey, um, I don't know how your daughter disappeared, but she was crying. And and he says, my kids aren't here. They're with their grandparents. Um, it's just me and my wife. He goes, what do you mean? You saw somebody in the back of our house. And he's like, yeah. He goes, I saw somebody and I, and I thought it was your daughter. And she was crying, but had her back towards me. And when she turned the corner, she was gone. And he says, no. He goes, that's, that's, that's not my daughter. And so, of course, you know, I... I researched back to my grandmother and I told her you know hey grandma you know this is what's going on it's not just happening in my house but apparently across the street they're seeing this and they're seeing shadows and my neighbor Troy's house the one that was uh Mexican folklore um there's a guy that um keeps looking out through the window but it's not Troy and it's not his dad um it just like he keeps looking out through the back 
and like towards our yard and stuff. And um, I ended up finding out that uh, Troy's uncle had committed suicide there in that kitchen. And that was the window that somebody would look at, you know, at my mom or whatever. And they would, she would describe him as a young, young person. Um, and then, um, like I said, other, the other houses too, they were, they were reporting seeing uh, when I would talk to them that they would see shadows and such. But my grandmother explained to me and she says, well, there might be some history there way, maybe years before. And she goes, but and then explaining with Philip, because I was telling her, I say, hey, it's happening a lot more at Philip's house, though, like really crazy stuff. Like things are 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 being thrown and like over there, it's like being thrown at them, you know, like a book or whatever, the remote or whatever, you know, is being thrown at them. And um, I said, but one of the things that I do notice him and his wife argue a lot, like they're always arguing. It's either the bills or it's the kids or it's just they're always arguing. And it was like. To me, it just ended up being becoming a normal thing, you know, because he would always come on over and be like, hey, do you mind if I sleep right here? You know, uh, Diane kicked me out of the house. And I'm like, yeah, dude. And the, when you when you wake up in the morning, she's going to call you back, you know, just, just go ahead, chill out in the sofa or whatever. And um, my grandmother told me, she goes, you know, well, when people argue a lot, they bring a lot of that negativity, you know, to their house. So they're energizing it, you know. And I said, OK, well, stories over there. <laughs> uh me and Philip were playing, we're playing poker and my back's against the, we're in the dining area, but my back is against the wall that would, you know, has a, an entrance to my right hallway to the left that you can also enter uh, from the hallway into the kitchen. And his daughter, Maricela, I remember that was the weirdest one. Um, she is screaming bloody murder in the kitchen. I get up, I run to the right. Philip runs down the hallway into the kitchen. I just remember Maricela is pressed against the, the refrigerator, trying to scream more, but she's like, her hands are up against the refrigerator and she's pointing in front of her, like, like look at the stove, right? She can't scream though. She's just with her mouth is open. And when I turn, I mean, this, everything happened so fast, but um, when I turned to look at the stove, the she was warming up tortillas. And what scared her was these tortillas were floating above the fire, like about maybe two, three inches uh, hovering above it. And that's what freaked her out. And she's, and then when I, when we both look, you know, me and Philip, we both look, it fell, right? And mom comes on over, you know, her mom comes on over and takes her and stuff. And me and Philip, eventually it got to the point where we're, I mean, we're freaked out. We were scared, but we got used to it in a sense that we were like, let's go buy some tortillas and let's try this again. And so we we're throwing it on the stove. I think we burnt like, I don't know how many packs, you know, but we we're trying to do it, you know, to see if it would do it again. Like, dude, what the hell is a magic stove? What the hell is what the, what's this? Uh, so we never saw anything happen thereafter with tortillas or anything. But then um, we also had where he had an old TV and the stupid TV would turn on. Right. And we're playing, we're again playing cards in, in the uh, dining room. The, the TV's on over to, to, the, to my left where I was sitting at in the living room. And it turns on. And I'm kind of looking at him like, what the hell? You know, how did you do that? Because that damn TV's so old, didn't even have a remote. You know, how did the hell did that turn on? And he's like, I don't know. He goes, eh, maybe then we thought, well, that's just faulty wiring or something. Who knows? It's old. We unplug it the stupid thing you could hear you could still hear it talking the news was on um and at that time the local news guy uh chris maru was on you can hear it 
Um, and I remember, I think it was right around that same time, um, right prior, um, the tube on that TV, the you, you could see him, the anchor, news anchor guy, um, he's straight straight up, you know, and then he's kind of turning, the, the screen is turning to the side, like his head is moving to the side and it's finally he's upside down. And I think that's, that's when Philip unplugged it because he's like, oh, what the hell is wrong with this? You know, and I'm thinking, dude, don't touch the screen. It's poltergeist. You're going to go in the TV or something. I don't know, but don't touch it. So, and um, he, uh, he unplugged it and that's when we heard the voice. Uh, yeah. Uh, we heard the voice still going through and, and we, I mean, it was just things like that, that, that would happen at that house. Um, on another night, uh, we're playing again, uh, poker and, um, what do you call it? Uh, Mari, uh, was Elsa, the oldest one. She's in the bedroom. She's asleep. And, uh, it's all of a sudden she's crying and we go over there and turn on the light and she's sitting up on the edge of the bed crying. And we're like, okay she's crying because she's scared and why are you scared and she says she was asleep and she felt like hands go underneath her body and pick her up and sit her at the edge of the bed and that's what woke her up and she woke up scared and she was wanting to run but she said she couldn't run she just sat there and stayed there you know and so needless to say you know eventually my my grandfather um he was a a very active in the Catholic Church and everything else, and and um, he came and he he blessed the house, my house, um, and put crosses and everything else, and and things somewhat settled down. I didn't have anything like jumping in front of me anymore for a while, um, except um, one night I was uh, I was dating this one one girl, and and um, I'm I'm still in high school, but uh, I was getting ready to go pick her up, and um, so I was in the shower getting dressed and um what do you call it i hear i'm by myself and i hear this like very evil laugh in the living room and i just remember <laughs> i was scared i opened up the curtain and i'm kind of like looking out the shower curtain like what the hell what's there who's there you know and i'm like i don't even want to go outside you know and i'm like i'm about to tell her hey you're on your own i'm not gonna pick you <laughs> but it was it was like it was in the living room like it, it was weird but then it faded out you know and it was like um, it was a very evil laughter and I come out and I check everything. There's nothing. So I'm like, okay, I take off to go pick her up. And I was like, I was like about 10 minutes away. Um, after, you know, I got dressed and everything. Um, I went and picked her up and her brother tells me, Hey, um, she got into an accident and, um, it was right around that time frame of the laughter because he was like, it was happening like maybe 30 minutes ago. He goes, they went to the store and um, her cousin took the turn too fast and the vehicle rolled over and stuff, but she was okay. He's like, but um, just to let you know, and then I started putting two and two together about the laughter and the time frame. I'm like, what the hell, you know, is that, is that linked? You know, I, I, I don't know. I just know that I did hear a laughter and, and uh, I, I remember um, trying to debunk it back then and uh, telling uh, Troy, like, hey, man, try to, like, make a laugh or whatever outside and see if it, like, echoes in here or something. But, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't, we couldn't do it, uh, replicate that again. But I just remember that. And um, and then the very odd, odd thing at that house, um, you know, like, when you're, you're, you're kind of falling asleep. You're watching, I was watching TV and I was laying down 
and I'm, I'm kind of dozing off. My eyes are closing just about. And all of a sudden, I think I see somebody standing next to my bed looking at me, you know, but it was like, it was like I was kind of half dreamland or whatever. And so when I opened my eyes right away, because, you know, it startled me, it's gone. But I, I remember what the person looked like. And I'm like, you know, what the hell? And I didn't say anything because I thought, oh, you know, I'm just tired and I'm dozing off and dreaming. But what I remembered was he looked, the guy looked, it was, best way I could say it was like Puerto Rican. He's not black. He's not Hispanic. He's kind of Puerto Rican because he had like a like a Afro, uh, thin mustache, and he had a, a blue football jersey, and it had the number fifty two in yellow. And I'm like, huh. I didn't say anything because I thought I was dreaming. Well, I'm in the next day. I'm in. I remember it was the very next day. Uh, I'm in the uh, dining room and I'm drawing, you know, I do a lot of artwork. And uh, so I'm drawing there and here comes my my neighbor, Philip. you know, hey, can I borrow the phone? You know, he's knocking at my, my door. And I'm, yeah, Philip, you know, come on in. It's open, man. Well, he walks in. And like I said, this is not a very large house. It's very small. And he stops when he comes in and he doesn't say anything. He darts straight down the living room. I mean, down the hallway and goes into my bedroom. And I'm kind of like, what the hell are you doing? The phone's over here. What are you doing? And he's looking around. It's not a big bedroom. And he's looking around. All the windows are closed. And he says, he goes, who's here with you? And I said, nobody. I'm by myself. And he's like, man, he goes, when I walked in, there was a dude standing right here. He looked at me. He ran into your room. I said, what? I said, dude, there's nobody here. And I'm kind of thinking, man, you've been drinking. And he says, no, man. He goes, uh, dude, he looked like he had like a, a Afro a black guy, you know, wearing a, a number 52 jersey. And I I remember kind of backing up against the wall because I was shocked because I hadn't told anybody any of that. I thought I was dreaming it. And for him to give me the description back the next, well, that morning, the next day, I think it was uh, early uh, the next day, um, it shocked me. And I don't know who that person was. I don't know. Never saw that person again. Um, I just remember that I told him, I said, dude, I said, last night I was falling asleep and I saw that dude standing next to my bed looking at me. And he startled me. I said, I, I woke up, and but he was gone. And I said, but I thought I was dreaming. And I said, for you to tell me the exact Without me ever, ever, ever saying anything to anybody, you gave me the exact description back. I was like, I, I don't know what to say. And um, other things that happened there, um, again, I'm going to timestamp myself, uh, Beavis and Butthead. Um, we're, we're, watching, we're, we're watching Monday Night Football. And right after um, the football game was going to be... Uh, Beavis and Butthead and BHS, okay, already really outdated myself. Um, <laughs> I, I had the tape kind of hanging out of the VCR halfway because we we're going to change it right over to MTV and press record and watch Beavis and Butthead because that was our thing. We recorded Beavis and Butthead, right? Me and Philip, and this is how stupid we were. Anyway, so I have it halfway of the, the VCR watching the game the game is about to finish it's not quite done yet and all of a sudden the vhs goes into the vcr switches over to mtv and is recording and 
Phillips looking at me and he says, what the hell? Hey, we're, we're watching the game, man. You know, and I said, I get that. But I'm now, I'm shocked. And he's like, why'd you do that, man? How'd you do that? You know, with the remote. And I said, Philip, the remote's right there on the on the table. I said, you can't do that. You you got to literally push that VCR, that, v, you know, uh, tape in there, that VHS tape in there. And then you can change the channel with the remote. I said, but the remote's not even in my hand. And he's like, what the? But again, after all this stuff kept happening, this is how we just removed the VHS, put it back to the game. It was already over. And we were just like, all right, what's what's a damn deal? We moved it back to Beavis and Butthead. We carried on life after that. Like, all right, you know, whatever's here, leave us alone. It just became like normal after a while after watches did not bug us you know anymore but we would freak out on things but it was just like nah you know change it back yeah put it back on the table yeah you know whatever <laughs> so yeah that 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 kept on you know with that house you know little by little um not as much but um just things like that and and <laughs> needless to say after a while philip moved him and diane they moved over to his dad's house uh, after his pa- his dad passed away. They moved over there and and a new guy, I can't remember, I remember the, the what he looked like, but anyway, I ended up coming over to him. I introduced myself and I said, hey, you know, my my neighbors before, you know, had a lot of things going on here and um, what do you call it? Um, I said, you might consider blessing the house. I said, just just in case, I don't, I don't know what to tell you, man. And he's like, he did, much like Troy, you know, the Mexican folklore, but this dude, he's he's telling me, he goes, nah, man, he goes, uh, me and my wife, uh, I remember the wife's name, Bernice, it was uh, me and Bernice, uh, man, we're all nothing but love, man, he goes, we don't, we don't argue, we don't, you know, none of that, and he goes, so none of that, that crap's gonna happen here, okay, just fair warning, thought I'd tell you, I go back home, no big deal, um, Man, I don't know how long thereafter, but I remember the dude running to my house, knocking on my door, and he is scared. And he tells me, he says, dude, and he goes, he goes, this is what happened. And I said, what? And he goes, uh, and Bernice are arguing. You know, Mr. We're nothing but love. We never argue. He goes, we're arguing. We're in the in the living room. I mean, uh, in, the, in the bedroom. And um, he goes, we're you know, just bickering back and forth. He was like, we're arguing. And, you know, as soon as she and I raise our voice, the door slams to the bedroom on its own. And he looked and he says, oh, my God, you know, he freaks out. And he says, I opened it. And, of course, there's nobody there. There's nothing there. And he goes, and I yelled back and like, you know, there's something here. Do it again. And he says, it did it again. He goes, so I went to my car and he had a little Jesus on the dash or whatever. I, I, the way he said it was funny. He said, man, I went to my car and I got Josito and I put it right there, dude. And I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, man, I put it right there. I got Josito. And I'm like, oh, okay. I was like, right on. I said, now you're going to get a priest. He goes, hell yeah, man. Oh, man. He goes, he goes, I thought about you as soon as I grabbed that Josito. He goes, Dan told me about this, man. What the hell? And now he wants to burn the house and everything because it's and I just told him, I said, dude, I don't think it's I don't think it's anything unholy. I just think it's something trying to tell you, you know, you're arguing, you're, you are bringing negativity. But um, I just think it's something trying to tell you, hey, I'm here, you know, and I want you to know I'm here. And so researching, you know, getting into the history, I ended up finding out further in the area. It was real close to the San Antonio River. 
And um, it was also close to the missions. And so you had the Peyeye Indians that had, they, that's where they, they lived and they thrived and they, they um, had their burial grounds there, you know, in that area. So um, I, I linked it to that and saying, you know, that could be what's causing not just my house, but the energy and the river and everything else so close that it could be that. Um, and one, not too long ago, because uh, one of my friends, he follows me. Uh, he lived further down the street, uh, went to high school. Uh, he uh, follows me on the, on the Instagram and everything. And um, he's telling me, he says, hey, you know, um, he doesn't live down that street. He moved like two streets over. And he was telling me, he says, you know, um, things used to happen when I lived further down the street from y'all. And he goes, but, you know, shadow figures or whatever. And he said, but um, he goes, here at this house, which is two streets down, the cabinet's open and sh- like literally dude, he goes like if like somebody opens it and slams it, you know, and I'm thinking it's the kids like, hey, stop doing that. You know, wash dishes. We're looking for a cup. You know, he thinks it's the kids at the at the kitchen just opening and slamming it like, ah, you know, there's no 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 clean cups or something. And and um, he said, but no, he goes, it's it's uh, something here. He goes that now he goes, uh, we put those uh, child safe locks on the cabinets so it doesn't doesn't slam. And he said, but that's, you know, he goes, that's still continuing. And I said, you know, I could be, and I told, I shared with him, you know, the history that I found about it. And um, that, you know, led me into into doing all that. And then years after I moved, I moved from there in 2000, from that area. My mom still stayed at that house until 2000, let's say six or no, 2014. And mom went in mom ended up going into a nursing nursing care and and um and she finally she passed away in 2016 um and i had a, a friend of mine I, I did not want to go back to that house when well, it was too small and and um just you know i just didn't want to move back to that that um, neighborhood and i said but you know what i got a friend of mine she's she's single mom she works you know like two jobs but at least she can occupy it you know so i told her i said hey you know would you want to live there you know won't try to hurt anything and then you know at least you occupy it keep the yard maintain the yard and everything and um until i'm ready to either sell it maybe i'll sell it to you and whatever so she lived there for a good number of years and i never mentioned anything to her and i should have from the beginning but i never said anything until uh finally uh she uh she decided she was going to move out right and um when she did um I went over to the house. The house is like, this time it's empty, empty, right? Uh, this was just this last year. Um, I was in my bedroom and I'm putting, cause uh, she, when she moved, she took blinds and everything else. So I was like, yeah, whatever, you know, you're, you're gone. I'll, I'll fix this up. Uh, so I'm putting, I'm putting blinds and there's this uh, closet door that doesn't have a, it doesn't have a hand or anything. It's just like a door just closed. And I ended up getting the feeling of something watching me as I'm trying to hang this this um, blind. And it was just like, okay, if there's something here in my mind, I'm like, if there's something here, you know, just leave me alone. I'm just trying to do my job of putting these blinds and I'm out of here. Uh, I'm trying to get the house ready to sell. And I just remember the closet door uh, opening slowly. And I could see it in the corner of my eye 
And I started like kind of nudging my my ear to my shoulder, like, yeah, I don't see you, I don't see you, I don't see you, you know. And finally, when it opened, it closed, like boom. Like there was no wind, there was no nothing. It was like June of last last year. Um, San Antonio is pretty hot and everything, but it, there was no wind or anything. There was no fan. Um, I just remember that happening. I was like, okay, I'm done. Anyways, I rehung up the, the deal. I went outside and uh, I remember calling my cousin, uh, telling him about it. I was like, dude, you know, this happened, you know, whatever. And I uh, said, I don't know, whatever's here is, is still here, you know, or whatever's just trying to let us know. Well, my my renter, after that happened, I was like, I said, man, let me call him. Called up my renter and called her. Called her up. It's like, hey, Malia, um, you know, this, this, this happened. You know, when I was when I was young, it used to happen here. She's kind of wants to get pissed off at me, but she's kind of like, well, I'm glad you said something. And I said, why? And she says, well, shit would be knocked over. Nobody's in there. Me and my son are in there. There's things being thrown at us, like, you know, like not at us, but like in front of us, like, you know, something popping off the shelves. So she explained almost the same stuff that I was experiencing uh, when I lived there. But she says, me and my son eventually got used to it because it didn't feel like it was harming us. It was just like, I'm here. She goes, and she goes, well, I'm sorry. I know you lost your mom, but we would just say, oh, it's just grandma. She's just, she's just trying to let us know she's here. And she goes, because it, it didn't feel like it was wanting to, to hurt us. It was just like, you know, hey, I'm here. Don't forget I'm here. And she goes, and she goes, this is the other thing she, she uh, told me. She goes, the other thing is um, the stove would turn on, you know, like the stove, it's a gas stove. And it's one of those things, you know, you have to hear the click and then finally it, you know, it turns on. And she goes, the stove would turn on. And there was times that I would get here at the house. Nobody's here. I know I had them off and it was just so freaking hot. She goes, but I thought it was my cat, like, you know, stupid cats doing this. So she goes, so I, I got rid of that stove. Right. And I see, yeah, yeah. And I saw the, you had a new stove there. She left and she goes, yeah, I got rid of the stove and I got a new one. Well, it's still happening. And I said, wow. I said, well, you know what? I said, that never happened when I was here. I said, but, um, I really touched me because I said my mom and the later end of her, uh, her years, you know, she was, she was, uh, starting to, you know, kind of forget and lose things or, you know, and she would turn on the stove and she would leave it on. It was, and I would get over there to go check on her and I'm like, mom, it's hot. You know, what are you doing? And, and eventually we finally had to put her into a care, um, you know, to prevent from harming herself and all that other stuff. Um, what do you call it? Um, I, re it, I remember the one. So when she told me why she removed the stove and she thought it was the cat and all this and that, and I said, wow, I'm, is it my mom now? You know, I don't know. You know, you could be right. Is it grandma? You know, that's what she called my mom. Um, and I was like, wow. And I said, that's very interesting. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, news to say uh, that house is not in my possession anymore. Um, but uh, I'm, I will be following up with the new owner um to see what they tell me something that I'll, I'll i'll go down there and do but on the thing of um the things falling in front of me not too long ago it's not at the house or anything uh the apartment my daughter um she likes to draw she's took a talent after me uh she she draws and everything so she was using the sharpie uh, pins and stuff and you know how the sharpies have that little pocket uh deal you know so it won't roll over or nothing it won't you know fall off the table if you have a cap 
Um, well, that day, um, I was exhausted. Uh, I'd gotten home. I was by myself. Um, my The table my daughter had used the night before, the Sharpies are there and everything. And, and I had, that day, I had felt like something was watching me. Um, I didn't know what, but it was just, I did I never saw it. Um, and as I'm walking past that table, because I was like, oh, I'm going to bed. But I did see that the Sharpie, like somebody picked it up from the little uh, table that she was using. Like somebody picked it up, maybe it happened so quick. It was like maybe two, three inches up and then move over in front of me and just literally drop in front of me. And I'm like, what the hell? And I was just so tired. And like I said, I've seen this stuff too many times in my other old house and all that, that I just picked it up. I was very tired and very upset. <laughs> so I put it up back on the on the table. And I'm like, not today. Get the hell out of my house and leave me alone. But uh, but after, you know, when I got some rest and I thought about it, I was like, there's no way that pen could have just rolled off. You know, me seeing like, oh, man, you know, it lifted up and fell in front of me. It, it didn't roll off. Um, it Something picked it up and put it like just dropped it in front of me. And I'm like maybe a foot away from that table as I was walking right by. It happened so fast. Um, I never felt that something watching me thereafter. Um, but, you know, it's just, it was weird um, that I, I had felt that and then that happened. Um, I've asked, you know, um, with the paranormal, you know, uh, community, like, hey, you know, could this have anything or link anything from my past when I drowned because that's when things started happening a lot um, things that I saw moving um, shadows that I would see um, and then more so like I said when I moved to that house I really saw a lot of stuff there and and then like I said I mean of course there was other people that were seeing stuff too but I just you know kind of like there's times that I do feel like I'll sense something watching or I'll see something and it's like like a shadow you know running from the side or running you know away or or so and it's just like it, it sometimes startles me because i don't expect anybody there until i finally like i like wait there's i feel something here and I, as soon as i turn around it's like poof i see it like move real quick and i'm like holy moly you know but there i am at the cemeteries right you know <laughs> trying to figure this out uh, so uh yeah that's kind of my story and that's what led me into um getting back into this um my brother um he's also he's with the paranormal journal and he did his stories um what do you call it uh he started researching back uh, I, I was doing this back in 88 um he started doing this a little bit from like in the mid 90s uh with animal paranormal back then um and uh what do you call it uh then we we stopped um and right before uh, 2020, we had talked about it and said, you know, dude, you know, we've never gone to investigate anything together. Like, you've always done your thing. I've done my thing. Um, but, you know, maybe we should we should do something as well. At the same time, he came up with the Paranormal Journal and I came out with Hasta la Muerte Chronicles. And we kind of, you know, there's times that uh, he'll he'll go with me for certain uh, investigations and I'll go with him. And um what he calls so we, we've kind of started doing this again you know and and um of course on uh, my team i have um uh, vince y'all got to meet him over at the at yeah. the paranormal so 
story with him god he's so funny um he's into it right but he's the first dude that's gonna run out of the house and call you from like two blocks down the street to tell you something's there you know <laughs> stuff there, go pick it up you know <laughs> um so one night we uh we this was 98 um we had gotten a lot of stories about um there's a cemetery uh wild is a wildflower and little flower it's off of hunt lane and uh, uh here in san antonio and um it's the sheriff's department uh bear county sheriff's department uh patrol that area and there's a lot of stories of officers getting called because uh on one side is a school and the other side is like residential and this is a poor man's cemetery um what do you call it pauper graves and everything where the graves are you know with the wooden crosses and all that and people will call up saying hey there's somebody in the cemetery walking in there you know or hey there's they're doing this and that um so this night vince and i um we said well let's let's go check it out we're not going to go in we'll just start filming from the outside and and whatever and he brought several um several uh on this camcorder he brought several batteries and um we had flashlights and everything and we're, we're just moving along the barbed wire fence and everything we're just moving along on the outside sheriff's department ditch they showed up we figured they were going to call them. we told them they were not disturbing anything we're, we're on the outside and they were real cool about it and they said oh yeah you you know you guys you know might see something because we get a lot of calls out here and of people walking and there's nobody in here we even had where the um one of the guys, one of the deputies saw something and then the, the old man disappeared in front of him. And I was like, okay. So I remember uh, we're standing and I'm pointing to like Vince filmed that way. And, and the screen was green um, and you could see, you know, the light and everything. You could see a couple of crosses and there was this one fresh grave um, had you know, uh, still had a little bit of plastic flowers and all that. And there was a, a wooden cross, you know, marking it. And it was right against the barbed wire fence. And um, I told him, I said, you know, pan over there, pan over here. And I said, oh, look, you know, there's a fresh grave right here. I said, record here. And, uh, you know, I started asking, you know, if anybody's here, da, 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 nothing. And Vince is kind of panning, you know, and I'm, I'm walking a little bit away from him. And I remember him, like, calling me right away. Dude, dude, get over here, get over here. And I said, What? That grave that we looked at with the cross, um, it he's he's filming on the cross, and the cross on the screen was like a lighter, bright green, right? So it's like it's it's glowing on the screen. And I looked at it, and I then I looked at the cross, and I said, "Well, hold on, man." I said, "What if it's enamel paint?" And I said, "And it has the moisture and everything that's reflecting off of that." So I reach in, I touch it; it's flat paint. There's no gloss on it. There's no moisture on it. And he says, hey, hey. And I said, what? And he goes, now that you touched it, dude, look at the screen. And the screen is getting, the, that cross is like just getting brighter and brighter and brighter. It's getting lighter, that light green. And finally, it just goes off. There's there's no, no juice on the battery. But right before that, I'm doing my thing. And I'm like, I'm not impressed. You know, if you're going to impress me, you know, come out, you know, whatever. And then started doing that and the, the battery went and so he starts checking all his batteries and they're all dead i mean there's no no power on anything he's like he's pissed off because he's like man you know i i charged all of them and i this that and i said well you know it drained the it drained the energy out of it man i said but 
Um, I said, that's pretty cool. Now that we started doing this again, I asked him, I said, Vince, you still have that tape? Oh, I don't know. I think I left it at my old girlfriend's house and I can't. I was like, oh, come on, man. I said, that was a pretty, I said, I totally forgot about that until we started doing this again. And and I said, that, that would have been pretty cool because, I mean, you could see clear the, the cemetery until that started, you know, happening on that cross. And I was just telling him, I said, could have been just the energy that was coming out. But uh, we've been we've been back out there um, trying to do some uh, investigations. We haven't seen anything at that location lately. But um, you know, of course, we do a lot of stuff at the uh, San Antonio City Cemetery Number One, and um, we've um, gone to uh, some of the other um, historical locations um, and doing the history and researching stuff. I've uncovered places that you know they claim is no longer a cemetery yet we're finding that there is, you know, stones are gone and, you know, that that's gone throughout history with different places that do that. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, that's kind of my, my paranormal stuff, you know, uh, thank y'all for, for listening. <laughs> no, that stuff was awesome. That was aw- Yeah, no, that was awesome. And what I was noticing too, really with your stories, starting with your childhood and how it kind of progressed, um, some parallels with our stories i think what we experienced in our childhood home definitely different when we moved uh we moved further north to round rock and that's when we had kind of our real paranormal experiences back at home maybe more of that mexican folklore uh (laughs) bullshit or whatever right but once we moved it was definitely paranormal and it was just really cool to to kind of hear you break that down and I'm also glad you mentioned um, bringing up to people within the paranormal community. Do you think um, your incident as a child has anything to do with that? So did anybody kind of confirm for you maybe that's what it is that makes you a little more open to these things or? Nobody's nobody's like confirmed that. They, I mean, I'll, I'll share that story or so. And, and they're like, well, it could be or so. I haven't heard, heard yeah. any. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't haven't heard anything else on that. Yeah, but I mean, to me, I I think I feel that it could be a connection, you know, um, because uh, you know, I just I just remember, like I said, I, I when I came to and the the water coming out of my my lungs because they were doing CPR and everything. I remember burning my nose and all that chlorine and stuff. And yeah. thereafter, just like just the items that I would see move or or things moving and stuff and. and the, the house that my mom and dad lived in you know it just started thereafter you know and I, I visited the the San Antonio um, San Pedro Park um, because it, it that place has so much history uh, from back with the indigenous uh, uh, Indians were there because that was their source of water and life and everything and then back in the 20s and 30s San Antonio made kind of made like a little park out of that like the, the place to hang out on Sundays and and uh, it's it's changed throughout the years of you know what it is um i had a great uncle that also had drowned at that at that park uh, back in 1920 which happened to be my my grandfather's uncle um and researching that and i'm like man you know i could have been the next you know number on that you know but uh, thank god you know my my mom she remembered that uh when they put me there there were there were like I said, they didn't want the rascal running around and holding them down. They kind of wanted to swim around. They were young and everything, and then didn't really think. And they left me like, okay, don't move from here, you know, two, three-year-old little kid. And yeah, sure, I'm going to try to test the waters here, literally. And 
uh, jumped in the, the thing after my car or whatever. And, and, um, and she says, she goes, yeah, I just remember, um, your dad wanted to swim from one end to the other, kind of play a race. And before we like made it halfway or whatever, uh, we didn't see you. And so he panicked and rushed back. And she says that he's the one that pulled me, pulled me up, you know, uh, from the water. Um, but that was already kind of down. Um, and, um, uh, so when she, she shared with me, like, you know, she goes, you know, you just look lifeless, you know, and, and, and it scared her. Um, but she said, once, you know, you gave that, that scream, she goes, I knew, oh my God, he's okay. You know? And then she's kind of like, what are you doing? Jumping in the water. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Don't you know that it's our fault? Oh, wait. Yeah. Um, no, I just remember my mom's just, you know, getting upset after she saw me coming back. Uh, it, it, like, you know, I guess more of a shock for her. I guess she was really trying to yell at herself, like, why did I leave you there? You know, but but she took it out on me, like, you know, uh, getting after me, like, why did you jump in the water? Parallels <laughs> <Yeah>. here, <laughs> man. I have a, a question for you because um, you were talking about research and like, I think it's pretty, pretty wild of, a, again, another parallel that uh, you had a relative who had drowned, you know, mm-hmm. in the same park. So um, what else have you found in your research that's really like kind of stood out or, you know, stuck with you? Well, one of the things, and, and I'm a little bit behind, I'm way behind on a lot of the stories that, that I'm researching um, on places we're going to investigate. Some of them are just true, true crime stuff. Um like um for instance uh serial killers in san antonio um and um one of them that a lot of people have done the story uh, a lot of people have uh, done the story on the alligator man i don't know if you've heard of him or what but uh, joe ball who's out of elmendorf uh, south bear county um people will tell you the story but um nobody has found the location of where his bar was and doing the research and such, I, I was able to find that. And I, you know, uh, ended up talking to the uh, chief of police for Elmendorf. And he's like, man, I know exactly what you're talking about. He goes, but throughout history, we didn't know it was there. We thought it was over here, you know? And I told him, I said, man, no, it's it's right here. And I got the proof. Here's the records of, you know, if you look at the Bear County records and the land uh, transfer and everything I said it clearly tells you right here Joe Ball's Tavern you know transferred over to his brother who then he passed away two years later and the wife sold it and I said but this is the lot this is that and so researching stuff that that um, it's just interesting to me um, to know what happened here to at least have some kind of like well if there's any paranormal activity going on we know why you know, um, and I reached out, we re- me and the chief of police there, uh, we reached out to the, to the person, but he's very like to himself. Um, you know, he has all kinds of you no know, criminal trespass uh, or criminal trespass, uh, warning signs and video surveillance. He won't come out to the door, but, um, we're still working on that story. We're still working to try to see if we can do an investigation there, if there's something there. Um, and so when I find things like that, it's very interesting. I also do ancestry, um, history and stuff. So I'm like the keeper of my, my family's history. Like we go back generations and I find records and such. And that's how I came across my, un- my great uncle. 
uh, passing uh, at that park. Um, he was only a night. Uh, no, he was 15 years old. And he, he passed away at that same park before they had the actual swimming pool. It was just the springs. Um, and um, what do you call it? It was back in 1919. And so when I shared that with my grandfather, uh, he didn't know, you know, he didn't know that that part of his uh, uh, family history. You know, he knew he had an uncle that, that had drowned, but he didn't know where. And when I told him, I was like, you know, it's kind of crazy, but, you know, it's the whole place I almost drowned at, you know. And he's like, well, you did it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you broke that one family curse. <laughs> but yeah, just research things like that. And like I mentioned, you know, when I find um, um, places that claim, you know, no, the cemetery has been moved and all that. And I'm like, no, it, no, it hasn't. It, it's still here. Uh, and uh, bringing up stuff like, um, not, well, it's, it's everybody knows, um, but the Santa Rosa Hospital. You know that used to be what they used to call the Campo Santo. Uh, and I told them uh, there was no way that they removed 2,000 graves in 24 hours to the new San Fernando church, uh, Cemetery. And if you go to that cemetery, there is not that many graves there. It's a very small cemetery. Um, and of course, the city denies that this happened. But in 2017, when they were remodeling the Santa Rosa Hospital, uh, they found a skull that popped out of the uh, the guy was adding the sewer line, and it's in it's in the paper. Um, and thereafter, they found 70 bodies um, underneath the sidewalk and everything. And, and now any construction that happens there in that area, they have to bring UTSA uh, archaeologists to document anything. They drill, put a put a new playground, they they work on sidewalk construction, anything. It has to be documented by an archaeologist. Wow. So, you know, things like that. that I, I just love digging and trying to see, OK, well, What's here? What What's behind the story? What happened? You know, what's the real thing? So yeah, I like doing that. Cool. That's, that's really super awesome. cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we love that kind of stuff. Yeah. Man. I've tried to like find some stuff out about the house we grew up in, um, but man, our records suck. I can't. I, I don't know where the hell. Like, <laughs> like I've well, done like the city sites and shit, and I'm like, I don't know what's happening here. <laughs> yeah, there's some places. Yeah, they're very they're they're hard to find. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, thank yeah, you. M records. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great. Oh my goodness. <laughs> this was so much fun. Thank you so, so much for, for taking the time, Dan. This was awesome. And you had some really, really cool stories. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate the, the time. Hell yeah. Uh, and I look, going up to Austin, I definitely want to go see some of the cemeteries and do some investigation there. So when we make there, we'll contact you. Hell yeah, yes, please do. Yes, we would love to. Consider it done. <laughs> I ran into uh, our buddy, the curious uh, twins, the Cuates. <laughs> I saw y'all ran into them. That's, they're, they're awesome. Yes, oh, we love them. We love them so much. They're such a good energy and such a, like, just good people. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Is there anything that you want to, um, you know, let the listeners know that you'll be up to or if, what, where they can find you and all that good stuff? 
Yes, definitely. Um, so at this point, right now we're we're on Instagram, Asala Muerte Chronicles. Um, we're also on um, Facebook. Um, right now, I got about 17 stories that I am working on um, and editing videos and stuff. And with the cope with COVID and and everything else, and of course we also we have our regular jobs. Um, you know, it just it took away a lot from from us and so we've collected videos um we did um go to the bear county old bear county jail which is now the holiday inn um i was i was a little disappointed in that one um only because we did get a lot of good stories from the from the employees but the recording didn't take so you can you can't really hear the stories that they're sharing with you um so we're gonna go back and refilm that but um also staying there and and doing the the investigation it was it was very slow we didn't get anything um so we'd probably just go back and just probably just record the stories because there is the the history again uh from when it started and and being that it was the uh the jail where they would hang you know people there and and Clemente Polinad who lost you know practically was almost beheaded it was the last hanging in 1923 um there at that jail um and just the history throughout until uh, that jail closed in 19, was it 1964 or so? Um, what do you call it? Uh, the history in between all that and, and why this and that happened there is, it's very interesting. So uh, we'll be finishing that story up. And of course, um, also the uh, Joe Ball uh, true crime story. Um, we're also working on another uh, uh, true crime that um, uh, is, is very interesting and, and actually somewhat connected to me uh, from that old house that I mentioned to y'all about that uh, literally happened like everything happened just down the street right when I moved at that time and um, and that's that's a very very interesting uh, uh, story um, and um, so yeah so we'll be hopefully um, by early April we'll at least have three of those stories out uh, but like I said I'm working like on 17 different stories man it's just like it's gonna be pretty good so we'll see Awesome. We cannot wait. (laughs) Excellent. Dan, well, thank you again so, so much. Thank you for sharing. Everybody listening, definitely check him out. Um, Show him the love on Instagram, Facebook, and stay tuned for his awesome stories. Dan, thank you, man. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday. (laughs) All right. Thank you. Take care. Dan was such a good time. Dan was a vibe. Yeah. Dan was awesome. I feel like we were family. Like, (laughs) he had uncle vibes. (laughs) He did kind of look like one of our uncles. Yeah. It was really cool. (laughs) (laughs) Except he's way cooler than our uncle. Oh, yeah, definitely. But no, awesome time talking to Dan. He had some amazing stories. um, And and it definitely creeped us out. (laughs) Yeah, that was a really great time. He was such a good storyteller, too. Oh, yeah, definitely. So uh, I I definitely felt it. Definitely freaked me out. So you know I need a cleanse. Let's do this. Take that big deep breath in.
Let that sucker out. (laughs) (laughs) Bitch, I'm cleansed. (laughs) Your bones is clean now. You can go about your day. But again, thank you so much, everybody, for hanging out with our dumbasses. Uh, <laughs> as per usual, I'm still Bethany. I question sometimes. <laughs> but hey, I'm Leah. And we're signing off with two besitos. From these putitos. Thank you.